I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalise you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specialising in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Our guest this episode on Thriving Matters podcast is Mia Mays. Now, way down the end of New South Wales is this beautiful area and the town of Bega. And, oh, bless bless you. I have great memories. So it's such a joy to have a chat with you today, Mia. How are you? Uh, thank you, Carrie. I am so brilliant. Uh, <laughs> it's wonderful to be sitting here in the Bega Valley. But um, also, how amazing is it that we can share and be connected just like this thank you for sharing the the um the help of technology and ai really is a bonus don't you think so we can have this chat everyone else can listen in from around the world because mia is a global leader within her own right she yes she's a new south wales um currently a new south wales woman but brought up in victoria yes Okay, so we have this border thing. Most countries have a border thing, don't they? (laughs) Where do we live? But who cares? There are no borders. There are no, you know, we have these things called local uh, government areas and shires and councils. However, we are in a borderless economy at the moment. And I just think there's a bonus to this. So let's talk about who Mia Mays is. Let's hear a, a bit about her story today. Thriving Matters Studio and our podcast is all about ordinary guys and gals doing extraordinary things. And Mia has a fabulous story to tell us today. Now, Mia, help us out. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You're going to be better at doing that than I I do. I usually muck something up. That's how honest is that? (laughs) We have a chuckle. Oh, fabulous. So, yeah, so as you alluded to, isn't technology amazing? It certainly enables us to um, to be connected no matter where we are. So, yes, so I was uh, brought up in uh, Victoria, uh, raised in Victoria from, uh, uh, obviously from a little girl, um, but then travelled the world and really fell in love with, uh, you know, with the rest of the globe and uh, the fabulous people that you can meet. Um, and then when I settled in this little place called Eden, uh, which is just over the Victorian border, so I still like to think that I'm that I'm connected to Victoria and connected to all my friends just from um, that little border. Obviously, at the moment, uh, we're being connected through COVID, you know, where we've got the challenges of COVID, where now we do have border closures. But I love the fact that, uh, that just uh, through these uh, technology that we're using today and these podcasts, we can share our stories. So again, thank you for having me today. Um, and I have had a very broad uh, experience and very broad life. Um, I've uh, always wanted to grow up and be in the corporate world and managed to make it to the corporate world. Uh, had a great stint with realestate.com when they were taking their global acquisitions. Um, and from that, realised that I loved 
technology, moved into marketing um, and opened up my own uh, consulting business, um, which has morphed into many things, very much like what most people's businesses are doing, changing up and working with the times. And so now I have my own consulting business called Maisie Consulting, which has two arms to it. Um, it has a government consulting uh, division as well as a one-on-one -on -one coaching division where I've really focused on supporting women in business. One of the things that I've realised through all, all my business life is, is that I just love helping women uh, devote themselves to what they do best. And so now I, uh, I have that I have that stream to my business as well, where I do one-on-one -on -one coaching with uh, with businesses that come to me um, through various different channels. One of them is the Boosting Female Founders Initiative, um, but also through a great initiative that I ran here, which was the Bega Valley Innovation Hub, where we had 95% of the businesses that came through that uh, were women-led. Um, and through that, I realised that research shows that one of the core challenges that women face is social networks, and business networks to support them through their businesses. So Maisie Consulting is one, one part of my, um, my business, but then I also have opened up a, another business called Sapphire Coast Business Women with, uh, with a wonderful woman here on the coast called Julie Novotny. So we're in partnership with that. And that's really to extend those social networks. Well, Mia, um, you know, not only were you con not content to have one business, but you've actually got to, to running and we're going to talk uh, more about the Sapphire Coast Business Women's Network as well but I always ask now listeners you can't see the gorgeous smile that uh, Mia has on her face currently but I'm just going to ask her Mia what gets you out of bed each day what puts that light that light bulb above your head to say I've got to get out of bed I can't stay here all day what does it for you? Yeah, I have always been someone who has burnt the candle at both ends. So I'm not very good at sleeping in. And it's my mother used to say to me all the time, you know, why do you, you know, you don't, never seem to be able to stop. And I love that because the reason I don't stop is because I love working with, uh, with people. I get out of bed just to meet somebody, you know, so now <laughs> um, you know, I get agitated lying in not lying in bed because I know that there's a whole world out there to explore. Um, I know that there's, you know, beautiful sounds, there's beautiful, uh, you know, the, the beautiful weather, you know, whether it be cold or whether it be warm, you know, I can hear the ocean from, uh, from my bedroom. So that always tempts me to get up and just to find out what, what, what's on that other side um, of the wall. And I think that's what I, I know that I, I get up for other people. So for me, my mission is really to ensure that other people um, can be the very, very, very best that they can be, but also enjoy doing what they're doing. And I know that through my experience, I can help them enjoy where they are and, uh, and what they're doing. And the way that we do that is through developing those connections and those, those networks, because it doesn't really matter what you're doing, but if you've actually got your people um, you know, and you've actually got your, the, you know, the, the people and the conversations and the discussions that make you tick. Mm. Then you get out of bed because you just can't wait to have those. And that's how I feel every morning. I can't wait for the conversations <laughs> that I'm going to have, um, you know, with the amazing people that I'm very, very lucky to be able to support. 
Yeah, it's uh, infectious, isn't it? I, I find we talk about uh, our our positive or our optimistic emotions and the chemical, the good chemicals, because they're contagious. They actually give us the boost. So, I think this has been one, if I could say, one of the the best things about. Um, a global pandemic has been that we have been able to connect within seconds in across any country around the world and the the goodness of people is really is what's shining through for me so I'm going to ask you um, has there been something in your life that has made a major impact in the way you show up now now that could be a life experience it could be some type of incident it could be a mentor you've had an author it could be whatever so I, I ask everybody this question but was there something that did make an impact and now influences the way you show up each day yeah so for me it was something that I didn't expect to happen at all obviously no one could have um, but but when I moved from living in the city um, and living in Melbourne to choosing to live in a very regional town, I thought things would be the same. I thought it was going to be so easy just to be who I was, to, uh, you know, to instill my experience, my knowledge, my wisdom into the community that I moved to. But one thing is really interesting when you move into a community when you're a little bit older um, is that you don't have those, those same instant networks that you built up in the playground. You don't have those, those friendship bases and that, that natural support network. So uh, for me, when I moved to this region, I expected it to be the same and it just wasn't. Um, and so I sort of set about ensuring that I put myself out into the community and that was life-changing. And it was only when the bushfires of 2020 um, hit this region and had such a huge impact that I realised what the importance of me raising my awareness through supporting my local community really was. Because at a time like that, if you don't know who your neighbour is, if you don't know who the local shopkeeper is, if you don't know who, um, you know, the person is that is most being impacted at that time, you don't know how to reach out, you don't know how to help them. Uh, you know, I, at that particular time, I had no idea about what to do in a bushfire. I'd never been in one. I'd always lived in the city. Bushfires just didn't seem to come through the city. So it wasn't until that happened that really changed the way that I, uh, the way that I now um, set about being there for my community and set about, mm. you know, waking up and showing up every single day because it really does come down to those natural connections that you have and the ability to be able to reach out and be with someone at a time when they most need it. And I'm seeing that even more so now with COVID. You know, we're being, what happened, which was so beautiful through the bushfires, is they're able to actually reach out and, you know, and envelop people, embrace them and, you know, and assist them. You know, we're able to go, you know, go to those regions, um, you know, in whatever way that that was, you know, or through the organisations that are assisting, um, you know, and we're able to actually, you know, provide them with, you know, food or shelter or whatever it might be. 
But then when COVID came, we're asked to, to not and, and to suddenly step away and don't go close to those people and, you know, and make sure that you're not yeah. you know, close to them and, you know, and then you're not, um, you know, that you're not interacting with them the same way that you were, where you were giving a hug through the bushfires, you then had to retract. Uh, and that's really where I realised the difference that I can make through technology and the enabler of technology because it meant that I could be in some, I could still be in someone's lounge room, I could still be, you know, in yep. someone's office, um, and I could actually front up and say, just jump in here and let me, let's disconnect, let's just smile together, let's just remember the good things that we've got together, um, and that's when. That's when mm. I realised that everything was going to be different for me, that it really didn't matter. I think the other thing that really changed during that time was I realised that I wasn't just, I wasn't never going to be just there for profit. I was always going to be there for purpose. Yeah. Um, and I made the choice to step away from, uh, from profit ventures um, and to step into doing and being there for my community and for the women that I was supporting just because I cared for no other reason, just to be there, just to, just to show up and to help them uh, be visual and to remain visual so that we could share whatever challenges they were facing. Wow. Um, when you think about just the last two years here, um, we and every country now we're looking across the globe and our daily news is disruption and upheaval apart from the pandemic whether it's weather whether it's financial whether it's military coups whether it's wh whatever it is um putting it into perspective the 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 effect of the bushfires and then an overload of the pandemic and uh, has really intensified a lot of, um, I believe, grief, a lot of um, mental health um, and the way we, we are anxious, uh, the way we're actually seeing where we've got any purpose at all or how we're going to survive or what our future is looking like. So we've got, got a lot of that. And it comes down, you said to me recently, you know, regional resiliency, can help um, achieve sustainability in, in the community. And I think that's exactly what you're illustrating here. You visited your own values and your own beliefs and assumptions about things and have made a concerted effort to move into that space. So um, I think it's, it's, a, it's a fabulous story because it wouldn't just be you. you. You have a community now that are doing something similar and you're all working with each other, reaching out to each other, supporting each other, but also doing for the good of the village, so to speak. Yeah, and look, I think um, I think that one of the things that we naturally do as humans in this world is we celebrate and we support. It, it's, it starts from when we're very, very young. It starts in the family network. You know, we don't know, naturally we don't know how to not do that. And I think that environmentally we can sometimes lose our way with that and we can sometimes lose our, our vision and, as you said, come back to that real sense of, of value and what we actually really believe in. And we all know how good we feel when we're kind to other people and we all know how good we feel yeah. when we're compassionate. And I, for 
all the things that COVID is bringing to us and all the disruptions that it's that it's throwing our way and all the challenges that it's you know that it's giving us it's also giving us a chance to reevaluate and really become aligned back to what that true value system is and what the true you know passions and purpose that we actually have and I think more now than ever before we are now less judgmental um, and we're now more supportive you know if a child runs through the you know your zoom camera now everyone <laughs> just go everyone just laughs or says oh how cute when in the past it was like we weren't meant to even have a family from nine to five it was no family doesn't exist you know look you know we've all had those days where you know where we've had to pretend that we haven't taken the phone call from school and say no I just can't get there right now well, now we can actually just say, hang on a second, I just really need to do something. Yep, sure, no worries. Yep, great, this is how you do that. And continue on. Mm. You know, we've met each other's dogs. You know, we've met each other's <laughs> cats. You know, we've, you know, we've shared lunches together. You know, we've been able to, you know, to globally connect, you know, with people from the other side of the world. Mm. It was just this week alone that I was connecting with people from, um, you know, Sacramento in the US, you know, that, uh, you know, talking about what her, you know, their children love and what my children love and saying let's shop for each other and send gifts across the globe. How fascinating. It was just done through, a, you know, through a little uh, Facebook message, you know, and all of a sudden we're connected. And I think that's what's just so special about these times and when people can step away from the destruction of, the words that are sometimes being used in, you know, in our, you know, yep. in our news headlines, and just realise that out of all of those is an opportunity. And I think we make the place, our globe, you know, a much better place to live, you know. And I'm hoping that that's what the leaders of today will really help and encourage the rest of, you know, the rest of their communities and networks. Um, and the whole world to behave differently. Well, there's there's a lot there's a lot in just what you said there, and anyone listening in, I'm sure is going, ha oh, ha ha. Tell us more, Mia. So, I I'm going to go straight into what is it you've now learnt about um, people generally, just in adversity, because. You know, everyone, I'm not going to use a particular word everyone does. I'm just going to say we're living in uncertain times. It's quite strange. A lot of people will tell you, I don't quite have the word to describe how I'm feeling at the moment. But I think strange covers some of that. Um, we tend to use angry, happy, sad a lot. And so our vocab is important. Um, I put, I did, I recently did something where there wasn't a lot of makeup on and um, you know, it was just me with a coffee cup and I just went, you know what, I'm actually going to do that. I don't have to look glam all the time. It's a good day when, you know, the hair is sitting right. Well, all of us have got issues with hair at the moment. So, <laughs> so um, it's, I think we have to, and by saying that, I'm just giving an example of how we can actually laugh at ourselves and the situation we're in because ultimately we are the same people. Uh, whether we're glammed up or not. So the reality is you're seeing and getting to know people and supporting people who are genuinely real. In adversity, we get stripped back, don't we? 
we really have to think about what's the most important thing here? What is it I need to let go of that's not important anymore? And so your um, uh, Women in Business on the Sapphire Coast initiative, I'd love you to talk a little bit about that and the Innovation Hub that came out of that because I think this is a fantastic model and anyone who's listening in, there's ways when we listen to new information that we can go, oh, I can borrow a little bit of that or that would fit in with here or oh, I never thought about it that way. Um, to me, there's no one idea that is solely one person's. It's, it's a, we, we pull and push from everywhere, don't we? We, we glean it and, and some things shine up better than others. We have to try things, we have to fail <laughs> and to learn what's gonna work. So tell us a bit more about this initiative that's very, very close to your heart. I know that you had huge engagement for it. So I think our listeners need to hear about this, Mia. What do you reckon? Yeah, thanks, Carrie. Well, so I, when I moved to this region, um, I had my own business and never thought that I would do anything different. I loved marketing. I loved sales. And that's exactly what I was assisting businesses to do. Um, and I'd had some wonderful long-term contracts. Uh, so I didn't need to make a change. But when I moved here and I realised that I did want to, to connect with my community, um, I found an opportunity to run a business incubator. Now, I didn't even know what a business incubator was because I'd never been through one myself. Uh, and when that opportunity came up, I thought, wow, that's actually, that's a really great uh, opportunity because it not only connects me with my community, but it assists other local businesses. Um, and it would also build my networks and build my support um, and allow me to provide those networks and support to others. So that business incubator was in partnership with the University of Wollongong um, and was funded through the, uh, the business incubator and, um, and innovator fund. Um, and um, it was, um, it was, a fantastic two-year program. Um, but what I learned through running that was is that those sorts of programs and those sorts of support networks are fabulous when they're funded, but funding dries up. Um, mm. And when funding is delivered to us through external means and through external organisations, then the, the grassroots um, of the of the ecosystem that's being developed um, also gets taken away. And so that's where Sapphire Coast Businesswomen was really born because I realised how important it was when we were to bring people together. And the business incubator was made up of various different uh, parts of the program. And part of that was the co-working. So part of it was the what happens when people actually take the education that they that they're delivered through the incubator, but then they're actually they turn that into uh, into discussions and conversations and uh, and they build their team through other people that are in the room with that co-working environment. So at that point, it was really important for me to continue doing that, and I didn't have any funding. Uh, but there was somebody on the on in my area um, who had already been running 
uh, a program or a network called Sapphire Coast Business Women, and she'd let that go. But I realised that that was that was really what we needed. We needed that networking. We needed to be able to still have the opportunity to come together. So after various different uh, conversations, we then partnered um, to re-establish Sapphire Coast Business Women. Um, and it all started back when, when we had International Women's Day. And International Women's Day uh, were obviously is there to support uh, all women um, across the globe. And I really, really wanted to attend an International Women's Day event. Um, but after purchasing tickets to, to go to Melbourne, the borders closed. Uh, and at that point, I thought, I can't go anymore, but I really, really want to do this. And I really want all women to be able to go to this. So why don't I just bring it to my region? So it was then that uh, Sapphire Coast Business Women was relaunched because I knew how important it was to just bring people together. But I didn't want to just bring them together to connect. I wanted to bring them together to hear from global experts. So I found out that Grace Tame was the headline speaker of that event. And I thought, wow, I have to let everyone hear her story. And at that point, I realised it wasn't, it was my mission then was to keep spotlighting all those amazing women that are out there doing amazing things, but also to ask women to some to stand behind some of those difficult uh, discussions and some of those difficult conversations that we all know we all need to have, but we don't necessarily always have the, uh, the time or the right place to have them. Um, and after we did that International Women's Day event here, um, on the Sapphire Coast, I had so much feedback that just kept saying, please keep doing these, please keep let's challenging <laughs> um, and keep having those discussions. And from that, from then on, we, uh, we launched that business to now have three events a month. Yeah. And it's really just about reconnecting, uh, reconnecting our women in business, but also said changing some of the conversations we're having and raising some of the difficult uh, challenges and concerns and, and coming together to discuss those. Well, you tapped into the needs, the absolute need for, for the connection, plus the support, plus it's still in an innovation in, in itself, isn't it? That whatever comes out of, now, out of the conversations now, the shared projects, the partnerships, because I'm a big believer that our future will be in partnerships with each other. Um, there are plenty of people now moving away from the larger organisations saying, I actually want to do something that has um, philanthropic arm to it, a social, a social and emotional um, uh, outreach arm to it as well, um, and, you, and bringing together expertise. Um, and I think that's uh, it's a great story. Well done, you. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's look, it's still in its infancy, and I think what's what I'm loving about it is it can actually grow and develop and pivot with the challenges and the needs of the community mm. and of the women. You know, this month we're celebrating, um, you know, a local a radio presenter that's been that's a, a wonderful woman in business who's been presenting for over 35 years on radio, oh, and wow. at a time when women were never even meant to be on the radio. You know, when you know and <laughs> So it's about celebrating each other's successes as well as, as I said, having that chance to, you know, to come together and, you know, and challenge, uh, you know, whatever it is that, that we're facing. Um, and whilst it's pivoting, 
and whilst it's developing new business models, because isn't that what we're all doing now? Um, you know, we have the ability to do that because we've kept it small um, and we're able to adapt because we haven't, we haven't chosen the path of, uh, you know, of external fundraising yet. Although we're getting lots of feedback and we've had lots of uh, opportunities come our way uh, with that, we are just keeping it grassroots at the moment. And I think for the moment, that's, that's pretty important. Yeah, when you, um, anything that's funded by um, uh, somebody outside of the, the network or the organisational community often has um, a request around how that money is used and how much influence they have in decision making. So I can see why the grassroots is very attractive to, to keep it. It's how you get that balance um, around funding versus um, intervention and influence. Yeah. yeah, and look, I'm we're we're actually um, we're having stakeholder you know conversations and discussions at the moment, and I sincerely hope that we can raise you know, we can bring some more stakeholders on because we also know that's when we can when we can support more women and across the region. So we are looking at at moving into our, our, our other regions as well and scaling it, and we know we need to have some stakeholders come on board with that. And uh, but we're very careful with who those stakeholders can be. Um, and we know that they need to have back to what we were talking about early, Carrie, back to having those shared value systems where the uh, decisions are being made with the people and humanity, you know, coming first. The profit isn't the number one leader, but it's it's what's right for the people and right for the group and right for the community that, we, that we're working with. Well, it's humanity-based, isn't it? That's what, and we often, the mighty dollar often loses that um, so I'm going to say to you, Mia, you know, in, in the years of your experience and your, your creativeness, you're listening to your own values, would there be anything that you'd, you know, if you had the crystal ball in front of you, you know, would there be anything you'd do differently or do you, do you reckon you've stayed the course? Yeah, great question. Um, I think we, we always think that we, the grass is going to be greener on the other side, don't we? Um, <laughs> but I have to say that I am so proud of the achievements that I've made so far because of the impact that I've seen on the communities and the, the people that I've, you know, that I've assisted and, and I continue to work with, that I don't think that I would change anything. You know, look... There's, I've been very lucky in my life that I've been able to uh, to travel the world. I've been able to take that global experience and you know and bring that to the front of everything that I do. Um, but now, sitting where I you know, sitting where I am, uh, and in the world, in the small community that I'm in right now, um, I'm really content uh, with the way things have worked out and so I, I don't think that I would change um, I don't think that I would change anything other than I wish that I had have learnt the value of community probably a little sooner you know um, interesting yeah, yeah because yeah. it wasn't till I really saw that um, and felt that that wow. I that I became really true to my vision and my passion and my purpose. 
So the community, this whole connection with the community is deeper, isn't it, than yourself? Um, and I love what you just said because we often think um, I'm too busy. I have to get my jobs done. I'm too busy to talk to you for any length of time. Now, one of my favourites um, sayings is, you know, just give it a red hot shot. Um, and you never know who you're going to meet and bump into and where that may take you both, not just you, but where it could take you both. Um, so I'm a big advocate. Um, I often just laugh with people. They say, what do you do? And I say, oh, I just connect people. <laughs> I just, just like connecting and they just sort of roll their eyes and go, oh, here she goes. But um, we have a couple of um, connections now uh, within community groups as well. Um, and it's interesting when you do meet somebody within a particular group, they often, and this is what I'm finding nearly every week in the last two months, every week I'm somebody I have just met is now saying, oh, but I know so-and-so and you must know so-and-so. And so I'm finding it's it's getting a little bit tighter. It's a bit like going back to that 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 grass you know, that little seedling that we're fertilising and we're, we're watching grow, and that's the community. And I love the fact that down on the Sapphire Coast, some part of, parts of Australia are, are spectacular. Yes, they're looking very different after the bushfires, but there is regrowth. And I think it's a beautiful metaphor for what you're actually saying about staying closer uh, tighter within the community, not actually needing, we've got access to the globe, but we don't need to be out there uh, with the passport. We need to be on the ground toiling the soil here together to for the regrowth. I think it's lovely. <laughs> yeah, and it's really interesting because, you know, without um, going into too much detail, um, when I was a little girl, um, I was part of an amazing um community um, that my parents uh, assisted in, in raising me um, in a shared community. And at that point, I realised that it was uh, that when you have that joint family, or you have more than just your own family network, you're never on your own. So as a child, and, you know, as I said, without going into too much detail, um, you know, I grew up in hippie communes. Um, my so uh, so for me then when I decided to challenge that and to travel overseas and to you know to go off on my own way I realized I got a little lost but when I came back to Australia and reconnected back with more than just my family I realized mm. that I had all those connections from overseas but I could step back into the connections that I had here and all of a sudden I had a community of support again and I when I moved to this little region um, I realized that that's again what I could rely on and I and when I said as said about making sure that this community was connected to the rest of my life that was that started off in, in a hippie commune traveled the rest of the world but came you know came back and I could share that with the with the people that were in this community I then had a group of people that were going to be there no matter what happened and the challenges that we're facing today um, mm. whilst they are really 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 challenging for us all and we all have times where you know where we're brought to tears as well as we're laughing and crying and smiling with you know with our people that we can all get through this together when we do have more than what we just have in 
the four walls. You know, in lockdown, we have to be able to connect with somebody outside of the four walls that we've that we've actually got. So the borders might be closed, but the connections are always open. And I encourage everyone to just open those connections. Just take the time, text someone, message someone. You know, every day I try to message or connect with at least five people. Mm. And evidence is there to say that that five is is the is one of the magic numbers it's the ratio of what it does not just for them but really what it does for you as well because there's some self-care in all of this um, that may sound selfish but I don't think so I think it's actually um, sensible that we have to do it you know I just when you were talking about how you grew up and then the choice you had to move to go overseas uh, it's it's like a rite of passage for a lot of us. Um, where of um, uh, being brought up in Australia, the, this island down the end of the down the bottom of the world, um, it's always been an attractive thing to get the passport and to to take the travel. And it's really we find out we've we've got more similarities than differences, I believe. And so what we learned here in Australia is a particular way of of doing things our outlook on life has a particular view I mean every country or every culture we seem to be able to judge them on a few different quirky idiosyncrasies or traits or ways of doing business um, but the travel for me always opened up the possibility of wow what if I was born here what if I hadn't been born in Sydney Australia brought up in a country town live most of my adult life in the city um, what if I had been born in Romania? What if I'd been born in Morocco? What if I, I mean, it's, it's such an interesting concept and it really, I think it puts you in a great place to suspend judgment so that you can be more curious. And I think that's what the connections are doing. They're helping us be a little bit more curious about how do you cope in this situation? What is it you do that's a daily habit or a ritual that helps you thrive in your life and your work? Um, who, who do you make connections with or why do you do it that way? So I think it's 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 a beautiful story and it's rich. It's rich and it's good. So tell yeah, us what. I, yeah, and I love that about, um, you know, jumping back into that technology without, you know, without spending too much time on that. Isn't it amazing when you just click on a link and all of a sudden you've got people from all around the world. Diversity just doesn't matter anymore and I love that that I don't know who's going to be on a lot of webinars that I join but I always get so excited when <laughs> there's somebody from across the globe or even just in the next town that I never even knew existed and it doesn't I don't know anything other than I'm sharing and I'm lucky to be sharing an hour half an hour two hours whatever it might be with that person that I might never get, that I wouldn't have had the chance to meet in any other way. Um, and I love the fact that now we, now we can find those little nuggets of community that we may never have been able to do. You know, now, as, we've, as you just said, we used to jump on a plane and travel overseas and things that all had to happen over there. You know what? We've got so much in our own towns. You know, I mean, I found, you know, I found little communities here and little, you know, villages and, you know, and, you know, and people 
living certain ways that I never ever knew that were existed. And now it's like, wow, how great! Yeah. I, think I just have to go a few kilometers down the road, and I've got you know an amazing you know indigenous community. Wow, like that's just as just as special as going to Vanuatu and finding a you know yeah. a community on the other side of the world. You know, they're just the heads down the road, and I can I can say hi and. They envelop me and welcome me. You know, I love that. You know, so I think that uh, you know that the rest of the world offers so much, um, and I hope one day we can travel again, Carrie. I really do because I know how much you and I love. Uh, <laughs> I love the rest of the world, but how amazing is it that we've also got all this the opportunity to love our neighbours, you know, and love our local communities just as much. And and I, I think if there's ever a cause, I mean, I'm looking, it was a magnificent full moon last night. Um, and now we've got this beautiful rain. We needed some rain here. It's come across the range. We're being got great. The temperatures have gone down again. Well, I like the cold, so it's not a problem for me. But I'm just thinking little things, you know, you're grateful. I'm grateful I can put, put a soup on the, uh, you know, in the kitchen. Um, my husband and I, we're playing upstairs, downstairs at the moment because he's teaching from home as well. So I've gotten to know, actually got to know the students in his classes. <laughs> and uh, some of them are doing HSE, some of them are just starting out. We get, um, you know, the technology, it lets me uh, see five little Australians up in Queensland when we've had so many borders down. But even here, uh, you know, in, in the next suburb, uh, there's a couple of others who are locked down. So we, we get to see all that. And it's just a nice, it's a nice way of doing business. I think really technology's actually allowed us to, to close the borders down and to open up. And, you know, the more, the more that we can see how others are, and then really test that against what we have and, and how we see the world. I think that's like, it could be a coming of age for us in a way, being a bit philosophical, but, you know, thriving. So Mia, I was going to ask you, so do you have any little daily habits, anything that you do that you've put in place now to help you thrive in your life and work? So you run two businesses, you've got, a, there's a lot of online connections. You have, you have family at home, so you'd be homeschooling, in certain situations so have you got anything that you have put in place for you that you're happy yeah. to share with us yeah look great question because we're always being asked to be there for other people and I love showing up as we've as we've um, already established during this podcast but yeah it's really important um, and I I think now at a time when we do have so many different roles our roles are forever changing you know, I I actually thought that I wanted to be a school teacher and so I trained to be a school teacher, um, but then realised I really wasn't that good at it. But now all of a sudden I have, you know, I'm being asked to, again, support my children, you know, through, you know, through homeschooling. So, yeah, I have, I'm pretty strict with my, uh, with my daily rituals. I always try and get up early before everybody else. Um, and I, I always head to the beach. So to me, no matter what the weather is, um, I head to the beach. The ocean fills my energy levels up. Um, I love to, I love to smell the ocean air and to feel the uh, the continuity of the waves as they come in and out. Just knowing that that's one thing that is never going to be taken away from you know from this world. And even when things are a little bit crazy, you know, it shows up and it shows up with power. It shows up with, uh, you know, with 
it changes, it pivots, it you know it uh, it moves with um, you know with uh, with the formations you know of uh, of what the beach is meant to be that particular day you know and I love that. So for me, my routines are always around keeping my energy levels up by walking. Um, I love to exercise. I love to, you know, I love to keep fit. I'm very lucky that I've got a couple of little dogs that I have to take <laughs> out. So I choose to take them out twice a day. Um, but I'm also really conscious that, especially at times like this, when we're all inside our homes, that we just take those little moments. So I'm really very strict with my family that we still have to have times when we come together at the dinner table I think having dinner together is really really important mm. if it's not dinner at least lunch at least something where you take time out and be together um, conversations discussions with uh, you know with not only my own family members here but also as I said though at least five people a day whether it be just a little text message just a little you know Facebook message a LinkedIn message um, you know whether it be an email whatever it is but I'm really conscious at doing that and I do that every day before I before I reach out to all the other people, you know, before I'm connected to all the other things that I need to do with my days. So, yeah, routines I think are really really important. Um, mm. And self, you know, though that self care more important than anything else. Um, I love podcasts, just like you. <laughs> I listen to them all the time when I'm on my when I'm on my walks. Um, but I also, uh, you know, and webinars and things like. But I also choose to. Uh, envelop myself in nature so as I said those those but also the sounds of nature I think is really really important Um, and at times like this where we're going through challenges of lockdowns and challenges of you know of things being taken away from us something that that no one can take away from us is whatever whatever your environment is you know find beauty in that that environment whether it's be a bird that sings every morning or whether it be you know, the rubbish truck that comes round every single day, you know, yeah. or whether it be the car that goes at 6.30 every morning, whatever it is, find that and know that that is going to, you know, to be something that you focus on to keep you, you know, to keep you going because it's the little things, you know, in life, you know, that really uh, that will keep, keep us moving through these challenges and get us through the other side. And they're all part of the stories that we're going to tell. I can't wait for the, our youth who are going through this today to share the stories. You know, I think of the, I think of history, and I think of what yeah. what children, yeah. you know, could have been learning. <laughs> and I think, that, wow, 20, 21, 22, wow. <laughs> they're, they're still learning, aren't they? Oh, Mia, oh, history that's going to be made is going well, to be amazing. What? Oh, and I am so pleased that in this historical moment today on um, in, in August when we're recording this, that I've had a conversation with you. It has been absolutely delightful. We always have a little bit of a call to action and um, I really like that notion of what have you got in place in the morning, that couple of little things that are non-negotiables. So anyone who's listening, think about what it is that you would either like to add or take away from your morning rituals. Um, And when you think about those, if you were to add, how could you amplify some of the way you look after yourself 
but also reach out for others. I think that's a, it's a beautiful thing. Mia, if anyone would like to get in contact with you, you're an easy find, aren't you? Yeah. Where, where's the best? Yes. Yeah, so look, my website uh, is maisie.com.au. Um, people can um, drop me an email at mia at maisie.com.au or connect with me through LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with anyone who's listening um, and, <laughs> you know, and share your story with me, please. <laughs> I'll put the I'll put the uh, email uh, the website in the in the notes for us. And if listeners, if you'd like to know more about what I do, Carrie Benedet, um, you can pop on to carriebenedet.com. Um, you find me on all socials as well. Uh, I just know that um, it's a privilege and an honour to have bumped into this girl in my lifetime. Um, and just as it is a privilege and an honour to have you listening to our podcast. So in saying that, if you liked what you heard, you enjoyed it, give us a little bit of love. Everybody likes that. It's, it's a nice way of feeding back and share it with somebody else that you know. Uh, part of what we do is flap those butterfly wings, step forward together so we can lead each other to a better place in the world. You are precious, your thriving matters, and I hope you'll join us for our next episode. But stay tuned. Um, it's over to you now to make the most of your day. But Mia, once again, thank you so much for being with us today. It's a joy and a pleasure and an absolute honour. Talk to you again. Thank you, Carrie. Bye, everybody. I'm Carrie Benedet, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters. 